If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Alright, hello there my fellow Yankee fans and welcome to episode 90 of the Yapping Yankees podcast where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host Mike Scudero here on Easter, April 4th, 2021. Now Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by obviously myself and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, featured baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and much, much more. Visit Ball 9's website. I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. That's Ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And know what you don't know. And for them still helping to get the word out about the show on all social medias, be sure to also check out Grunt Talks MLB. Go to their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their great baseball content and follow them across all social medias at grunttalksmlb. Also, don't forget, guys, that just like them, you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at MikeScuderoNY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And remember to always subscribe and listen to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on, and that would be YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Well, my friends, the baseball season has begun. Easter is here. Happy Easter, everybody. The sun is shining this weekend. We got Yankee games that count now. Lots of good things, guys. (laughs) And I hope you guys had an awesome week like I did as we again officially welcomed regular season baseball back. That is right, guys. Again, it finally counts. (laughs) And as we also venture further into the spring season, seeking more warm weather, of course. Which we've gotten a bit of a cold spell the last few days, so still waiting on that warmth, but it'll come. Now, just a quick reminder to start, guys. Just like I did last weekend for Palm Sunday when I recorded last Saturday, I'm doing the exact same thing this weekend for Easter. So that's why I still said Sunday, April 4th at the start, because that's when you're getting this episode, tomorrow on Sunday the 4th. But I'm actually recording this on Saturday the 3rd, because I'm obviously going to be pretty busy tomorrow for Easter, as you could probably imagine. (laughs) So I'll be spending the day with my family, and of course watching our boys in pinstripes too, playing in games that count. So bear that in mind as we go through the show. I'm recording this here on Saturday afternoon, about 45 minutes before today's game against the Blue Jays starts. So even though you're getting this episode tomorrow on Sunday, as you typically do, I'm not going to be speaking on tomorrow's game, or even the end results to today's game here on Saturday, because that's in the future. (laughs) So again, just keep that in mind, especially for our poll question in just a bit. But yeah, guys, finally, the games count. About time, right? (laughs) 
Uh, and even though we didn't get the end result we wanted on opening day on Thursday, it was still so great to see the regular season return. A 162-game regular season at that, and it was also great to see the fans back in the stadium and just the general excitement. I rocked my DJ jersey all day, even at work, you know the deal. <laughs> so, it was a lot of fun. Then we had to deal with that dreadful off day between opening day and the second day of the season on Friday, and now the second game of the season is going to be getting underway in about 40 or 45 minutes from when I'm recording right now. It's about 12.20 in the afternoon as I'm recording right now. I'm so amped for this game today, though. My boy Kluber is starting today. Hope to see some good things out of him. Can't wait to see him make his Yankee debut. You guys know how hard I've been rooting for him this year so far, and I just hope we see a lot of good out of him today. I can't wait to see how he does. Everybody flipping out about him, thinking that his command isn't that good, or he has a lower velocity in spring training, as if he ever threw really hard, which, again, he did not. We've been over this already. And it's not like he had an ERA under three throughout spring training or anything, but yeah, just keep the Corey Kluber nonsensical slander going, I guess. I hope he shuts all of you up today. Just gotta defend my boy a little bit. <laughs> also, a little side note, today is also the last of the two-game suspension for Chapman to start the season, because you may remember, he got that two-game suspension because of the whole mess with Brasso in the Rays last season. That was when Chapman threw by Brasso's head, so they'll be getting him back tomorrow from that two-game suspension. But I'll tell you this much, if the bullpen pitches today the way they did on Thursday, they should be fine again without Chapman. But I'm excited for the game today. I really, really am. A day game, nice sunny Saturday. And if it starts towards the end of my recording, I'm sure I'll be reacting live as I have to games in the past, but we'll see what happens. But otherwise, I have a fun, action-packed show ahead today, as always, guys. We'll do our social media poll up next about today's game. And then in Yankees news, I've got some injury list updates for you, as well as some expected timetables for returns for a number of guys. Britain, Voight, and even if it's extremely soon, as we've already said, since we know he doesn't really even have anything wrong with him, Wilson as well. And to round third and head on home for the day, we'll recap this past week, or just opening day basically, because who the hell cares to talk about spring training anymore once the regular season starts? So, if anything, I'll just give the final scores of those last two spring training games on Sunday and Monday that happened after I recorded last Saturday. We'll see how I feel. I might not even do that. And then we'll talk about opening day on Thursday. And also, not only because last week was definitely a longer show, but especially because this is obviously a big holiday weekend too, this episode will probably be under an hour in length today. For the first time in a long time, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But anyways, let's have some fun. The poll this week, Twitter up first as always. The question is, do you think the Yanks rebound offensively on Saturday after their runners in scoring position issues on opening day? Now, before I get to the results and the replies, for some reason, I think some people may have misunderstood the question. <laughs> I think some people were under the impression that I was, like, forecasting doom for the Yankees going forward, like, insinuating because they had a difficult time with runners in scoring position on opening day, that that would continue throughout the rest of the season, or the fact that I'm saying that, oh, this is going to be it for the rest of the season, the Yankees are done, that is not what I'm saying. And speaking of opening day, we're going to get into all of that later on, as I said, when we get to recap, but... I think some people sort of misunderstood what I was trying to say. I was literally just asking for predictions about today's game. That's literally it. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> and I was just basing it off of what happened on opening day. And as we will talk about later in recap, they did struggle with runners in scoring position on opening day. 
That's not to say it won't get better going forward, and I'm not saying that this will continue throughout the entire season, and the Yankees are going to suck in 2021. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) So I think some people may have misunderstood what I was trying to ask. I was literally just asking about today's game, just asking for predictions. Do you think that in today's game, the Yankee offense will rebound from the runners in scoring position issues that they had on opening day? That's literally all I was asking. Not insinuating about any games in the future, just asking about today's game for you to make predictions, putting your predictions to the test. Do you think the offense will rebound today? Now, me personally, just to keep it short and sweet, I think they will. The Yankees get into plenty of these nasty spells with runners in scoring position just failing over and over and over again, and it's been a key in the playoffs too a lot of the time the last few years. It's certainly been something that the Yankees have been criticized over, and rightfully so in those given situations. And much to people's unhappiness, including my own to a certain degree, of course, it happened again right away on opening day to start off the 2021 season. And I think we see what the deal is with the Yankees by now. We've seen it for years. They're going to have their games throughout the season where they really struggle to get runners in in scoring position. That's just an issue they run into during the season. It just is. But as we'll talk about later in recap too, we always know how the season ends up usually. Speaking of the regular season, of course, because obviously speaking on the postseason, they obviously have not been able to achieve their ultimate goal since 2009. But just speaking on the regular season, despite these problems with runners in scoring position that they experience throughout, they always end up having a winning season, and a great winning season at that. And I'm not saying that that excuses them not winning the World Series, not saying that at all, because of course if you fail at winning the World Series, especially if you're the Yankees, then you failed. But I'm just speaking on the regular season. Regardless of these problems that the Yankees experience throughout like this, at the end of the season, they always end up having a very good record and doing an exceptional job. That much is true. So, throughout the regular season, you're still going to see a Yankee team, in my opinion, that finishes with a very good record. I've expressed my confidence in that much. But, throughout the season, you're going to see the games sprinkled in there where they really struggle to bring in runs, or the pitching struggles, and certain aspects of the team are going to hit their rough patches. That's part of the regular season, especially returning to a regular, normal 162-game season this year. So, in case you forgot what it was like before, in 2019 and back... Those are the kind of trials and tribulations you experience throughout the marathon that we know as the regular season. So we're going to see streaks of the Yankee offense and the Yankee pitching and everything alike doing great, and we're going to see streaks where they suck. (laughs) It's just going to happen. Hate to break it to you. So we saw it on opening day, them struggling with runners in scoring position, and now it's a matter of whether they'll do something similar in today's game here on Saturday, or they'll rebound at least a little bit. And I'm going to say they do rebound. I think they'll have a better game today. I'm not sure they'll explode necessarily, but I think they'll have a better day. I am predicting that Kluber has himself a nice start and that the Yankees end up winning. How many runs exactly they score, I can't tell you. Maybe I'll predict, I don't know, like four. I don't know. But I think they'll have a better day. I think they'll rebound at least a little bit. They will get maybe some hits with runners in scoring position. I don't think they'll get none like on opening day. So my answer is yes, I think they will rebound at least a little bit in today's game. And that's all I was asking of the rest of you, just evaluating your prediction skills, I guess, for today's game here on Saturday. Nothing else, not insinuating anything or forecasting doom on the team going forward or anything like that. Just asking about your prediction skills on today's game. And to keep it short and sweet, that's my guess, that regardless of how much or little, they will rebound today, and I do predict they'll win today. Let's hope I'm right. As far as how you voted, of all the votes that came in here on Twitter, 
The choices, of course, were yes or no as to whether you think they'll rebound offensively or not here in today's game on Saturday. And the choice of yes was victorious by earning 77% of the vote, and the remaining 23% of you voted for the choice of no. So we've got a good deal of optimism here. A lot of you think that regardless of how much the offense does rebound in today's game here on Saturday, that they will rebound. So let's get down to some of those replies. The votes have spoken. Let's hear what you guys have to say down in the comments. Going to try to speed through as many as I possibly can as usual. I'm probably going to read a little bit less than I usually do for today's episode because, again, it's going to be a bit shorter than usual. Or at least I hope because it is a big holiday weekend, so I don't want to keep yapping your ear off for the next hour and a half. But we'll get through as many as we can as per usual. Up first, we'll start with Rob at Laker477. And Rob says, The Yankees will definitely bounce back in a big way and will record their first W of the 2021 season by a score of 6-3. All right, Rob, going out on a limb with an exact score prediction too. I like it. And I love the optimism. I am agreeing with you. I think they do bounce back today and they do get their first win. I agree. Next up, we've got at BobbyTat631, and Bobby says, It's a part of the game to have off days during the season. This team is going to have games where they don't have it, but there are going to be more games than not where they all click and blow away the opposition. It's simply an overreaction to the first game. Yeah, Bobby, I totally agree with you. I mean, I said a lot of that in my explanation when I first gave my take on this question. So, you know I agree with that. And yeah, there was a lot of overreacting in the first game, but there were also a lot of people just citing valid issues that they saw in the opening day game. And I even said as much when I saw people on Twitter calmly and sensibly discussing the runners in scoring position issue with the Yankees, and they were getting their heads bitten off for it, being accused of overreacting when they weren't. But it is possible to talk about issues and still be calm and sensible about it. I think it's fair to say that I was doing the same thing, even though I definitely was not overreacting because, well, it's just the first game. <laughs> As you said, there's 161 more games to go. So, yeah, I do agree that while there were people being calm and sensible and plenty reasonable about the things that they saw on opening day that they didn't like, there were definitely a lot of overreactions, legitimate overreactions over the first game of the season. And I said the exact same thing about what happens during the season. You're going to have the bad days and you're going to have the good days. And like you, I also think the Yankees will have far more good days than bad. What happens in the playoffs after that, that's another story. But as far as the regular season, I think we're going to get overall what we've seen a lot over the last few years now. The Yankees having their off days, but having many more good days and finishing with a really nice record at the end of the season. So I do agree, Bobby. Up next, we have Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca says, of course, I think the Yankees will rebound on Saturday. I'm 100% sure of a big winning year from our boys. One game is not a reason to panic. Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. One game is one game. And there's 161 more of them. But, yeah, silly me. I mean, of course you think the Yankees will rebound today. You're misoptimism. <laughs> All right. Up next is at Christian underscore N-Y-Y-S-T. And Christian says, Mike, you're Italian, right? So let me say this. Anyone that thinks this is no longer a World Series caliber team after one game needs a good crack with a wooden spoon. <laughs> yeah, some might say I'm too Italian. <laughs> but yeah, listen, I agree. I mean, I'm not insinuating at all. As I said in my explanation, again, I am not insinuating that they aren't World Series caliber. One game in, again, like you said, that would be absurd. 
It's just a prediction for today's game here on Saturday, but <laughs> the wooden spoon. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but I understand what you're saying. Those people who are truly overreacting, they need to relax, and they do. You just can't forecast a whole season and then the postseason to follow after one game. Especially because, and I'll be repeating this later on too, how many opening days the last bunch of years have the Yankees lost? It's almost come to the point of death, taxes, and the Yankees losing on opening day. It's just a regular thing at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> Heed Christian's advice. Wooden spoon and all. <laughs> if you're overreacting to one game and forecasting doom going forward, again, after just one game, take a breath. <sighs> there you go. Nice, right? <laughs> all right, after Christian... We got Mike Nelson at MD Nelly, and Mike says, The answer is yes, of course, but yesterday again points out the lack of balance in the lineup and the inability to manufacture a run when the home run bats are silenced. It is just one game, but also a repeat of playoff failures at the same time. And yeah, that's a valid concern, Mike. As I said before, there are certain people that are discussing valid concerns from things they saw on opening day, and that's allowed. There were things that happened that we did not like to see that I'll also be mentioning later on. And that's fair. You could tell it like it is, but also not be irrationally overreacting. That is possible, and that's what we're doing here. And that's what I'll continue to do later on when I talk about the game in recap. And that is a problem that we've seen plenty in the past the last few years, especially in the playoffs. That is true. But like you also said, that doesn't mean we're going to be seeing this every day throughout the rest of the season. And I agree, and I guarantee you that we're not going to. <laughs> there are going to be plenty of days, like a previous reply said, that this team is going to annihilate the opposition. I said all of what you said myself. This is still a really talented team. But you can still mention concerns from opening day that you've seen throughout the last few years. Old problems rearing their ugly heads again. It's valid to mention. And quite often, you're right, Mike, when those home run bats go silent, sometimes it's really tough for the Yankees to just put some runs together. But certain other times, it's not. Especially when you're in a big situation and you've got somebody like DJ up at the plate, for example. Again, it depends on the day. But I agree, Mike, completely with your optimism about turning things around today, and for a lot of games going forward, I assume you also mean... But also the fact that in the opening day game, we saw some problems, particularly with runners in scoring position and manufacturing runs, rearing their ugly heads again. And that's completely valid to mention. Telling it like it is. All right, up next is Laura Icemont at Laura underscore Icemont. And Laura says, yes, I'm confident that the team will rebound offensively. I'm not concerned with the team for the first few games since they're getting adjusted. Yeah. I mean, that's what the beginning of the season is, especially spring training. You're just getting adjusted to another season of baseball. And sometimes when you start the season, especially these last few days or so, last two, three days, give or take, here up in New York, it's been a bit cold, as I mentioned in the intro. I've had a little bit of a cold spell here in New York, especially after being down in sunny, beautiful Florida for the last month or so. There's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, and maybe that's partially what happened on opening day, too. But again, not worth looking too much into because it's just one game. So yeah, perhaps there are some adjustments. And a lot of the time, that is the case with a team like the Yankees, especially with a team like the Yankees. Think of how many times the Yankees have had a terrific start at the start of the season in April. Not very often, especially these last bunch of years. Opening day and 
most of the month of April, for the most part for these last bunch of years, have not been friendly to the Yankees. So I think that's plenty fair, Laura. All right, up next we have Lou, a.k.a. Ghost. And Lou says, I think they will, because besides Clint Frazier and Gary Sanchez, the team didn't look too good. We can't have too many days like yesterday, or we're going to be called the same old Yankees. Yeah, listen, like I said before, the Yankees have had their windows of problems in seasons past, of course, with this issue, as I said. And you're going to continue to see patches of that happen throughout the rest of the season. Little patches of time. Hopefully just little. (laughs) But you're going to be seeing it occasionally, and then you're going to be seeing spouts of time where the Yankees are unstoppable. Again, all part of the marathon. But yeah, as we'll go over later, Clint Frazier and especially Gary, outside of them, not really much happened with the lineup at all on opening day. As far as the rest of the team, meaning pitching from Garrett Cole and then especially to the bullpen, all good. But those bats, yeah, not fun to watch. Next, we've got at Brian underscore TGP, and they say, if anyone thinks this team is going to average two runs a game, they need their heads checked. By the way, since 2018, the Yankees have the third highest WOBA and WRC plus in Major League Baseball with runners in scoring position. Yeah, that's an interesting point with those advanced stats, and it does show, and at times, again, like I said before, you're going to have your times where the Yankees are good with runners in scoring position, and the team is just going to look great. But for the love of God, when they struggle with runners in scoring position, they struggle. They really, really do. But for some time there, the last couple of years, it was an aspect that they got a bit better at. But of course, they still have their windows of time again where they struggle with it. And like I said, throughout a marathon, we have our return of a full 162-game schedule here. You're going to see it all mixed in together throughout the season. In different windows of time, you're going to have your good times with runners in scoring position and your bad times with runners in scoring position. But yeah, this team is definitely not going to average two runs a game. (laughs) Definitely not. They'll have much more than that. Up next is at DamnDaniel22, and Daniel says, Huge bounce back game. The Bombers will be out in full force, predicting at least two home runs. Okay, Daniel's got a lot of optimism. (laughs) A lot of it. At least two home runs and a lot of offense. You know something? From your lips to God's ears, my man. Up next, we have Savage Empire Pod, and they responded with a gif of a guy saying everything is fine. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think going forward for the rest of the season, like I said, we're going to see more good times than bad in my opinion, and this is going to be a good season for the Yankees. So yeah, the everything is fine message is a good message for those who were legitimately panicking, being unbelievably afraid after the opening day loss. But yeah, I agree. Everything's fine. Up next is at NYY underscore Kate, my very good friend Kate, and Kate says, it was only the first game. Yes, it was frustrating to see, but am I giving up on them already? No. Yeah, absolutely, Kate. Neither am I. Frustrating again, as I said before, to see old problems rearing their ugly heads again, but no chance am I giving up on them. Come on. That'd be just beyond stupid. Alright, next is Moises Ramirez, at MRamirez11B, and he says, First game of the season. Most of the team looked half asleep at the plate. They got used to that Florida sunshine. Too much talent not to hit. Yeah, as I said before, they spent like the last month or so down in Florida, maybe even more so, because, you know, they were down there for a couple of weeks before the first game, too, of course, when they first reported. So they've spent a lot of time in Florida, absolutely, and that could be part of the adjustment, as I said before. But the team definitely does have 
too much talent not to hit ever, obviously. We know that. So I agree with you, my man. Despite how half asleep a great many of them did look at the plate on opening day. Next we have at NYYFanForever96, and they say, I think they'll score three runs on Saturday. Well, as long as it's in a winning effort, I'm okay with that. (laughs) All right, let's do a couple of more. We've already gone through like 15 of them, really flying through. So let's just do a couple of more here on Twitter, and then we'll move on to Instagram. I think it's safe to say there's just overwhelming optimism about today's game, which I agree with. Got my boy Kluber going today, and even if he doesn't go deep into the game, which of course I don't expect him to go ridiculously deep into the game whatsoever, but even if he doesn't, of course you hope the bullpen is as good as they were on opening day, and if they are, and the Yankees even put up like three, four runs, hopefully it's in a winning effort. Alrighty, gotta roll that R. (laughs) Up next we got at Dflex2123, this will be our second to last reply here on Twitter, and they say they'll win handedly. All right. I hope so. Again, just a lot of optimism here. I hope so. I'd like to see that first win today. All right, let's finish off here on Twitter with at Lini Ali, and they say, totally think they will, thinking maybe they'll score at least six runs. All right, so another comment filled with lots of optimism, thinking that the Yankees won't just rebound, but they'll rebound big time and actually score a lot of runs. And I definitely hope all of you are correct. There seems to be an overwhelming amount of optimism about the Yankees rebounding today, and I love to read it. But thank you all so, so much on Twitter for all of your replies. Love you guys so much. You guys are the best. And of course, if you want to read the replies that I did not get to, and I'm very, very sorry, as always, for those who I did not get to, but if you want to read the replies to those who I didn't get to, or if you just want to read the replies in general, then just head on over to my Twitter page. You can check them out there. My Twitter handle is, of course, at Mike Scudero. Just go there, scroll down on the page, find the tweet with the poll in it, just access the comments, and browse for yourself. But regardless, again, thank you all so much on Twitter for your votes, your replies, all of your interactions. You know how much I appreciate it. Cannot put it into words. But let's finish this segment up over on Instagram, of course. The same question applies as was on Twitter. Do you think the Yankees rebound offensively on Saturday after their runners in scoring position issues on opening day? And just like on Twitter, voting-wise, lots of optimism here on Instagram. The choice of yes was victorious by earning 82% of the vote. 82%! (laughs) And only 18% said no. So I think it's safe to say that on both platforms... Pretty much a landslide and people thinking that the offense rebounds today, and hopefully it results in a victory. But let's read out a couple of replies here on Instagram. First up is at Anthony Nevy, the cousin of my amazing girlfriend, and Anthony says, Major League Baseball needs to get rid of this extra innings runner on second BS. It takes away from the integrity of the game. Uh, well, I'll definitely be hitting on this later on in recap. You guys know how I feel about that rule by now. I can't stand it either, so I agree. I've already explained my reasoning for that in the past, and I'm not going to go through all that again because that could be a show in itself. (laughs) But you know I agree with that. And as I'll say later, it was really the Yankees' fault mainly for not cashing in on their opportunities throughout the game even before they went to extra innings. That's more the reason why they lost, much more the reason. But when it comes to that rule in itself, you know I agree with any negativity that's expressed about it. So I completely agree with that. 
Okay, now to end off the segment as always with the final two replies, we have my amazing girlfriend Vic Salimo and my amazing mom, but let's get Vic's reply first. Vic says yes, because there's no other option. They have to, and that's it. (laughs) All right, I like the assertiveness. (laughs) They have to, and I'm not taking anything else. (laughs) All right, I respect it. And lastly is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom also says, I believe they will rebound because it's what they do after they lose. They bounce back and they will. Yeah, a lot of the times the Yankees have themselves a bad game or a lot of things happen within the game that gets them pretty pissed off. A lot of the times they come out there looking angry and they want to ensure that what happened in that last game doesn't happen again. And hopefully that's the way they come out in the next 25 minutes or so when they get that victory, the first one of the year. But otherwise, guys... That is all for this week's poll segment. And just like I said for those on Twitter, I want to repeat the same thing for Instagram and repeat what I said for Twitter. And that is thank you, as always, for all of you. Twitter, Instagram, each and every one of you who voted, replied, whatever. I thank you as I have every week since episode one, almost two years ago, (laughs) from the bottom of my heart. And the only reason I laugh, by the way, is because I just can't believe it's almost two years already that I'm doing this show. But in any event, I love you guys to death. Thank you so, so much for your interactions as always. And again, I'm very, very sorry if I missed you. Just keep on replying every single week. I promise you, I'll get to you eventually. Okay. Well, now that I'm actually looking at the time, we're making good time. Barely even a half hour in and we're already on to news. I don't have a problem with that. Let's keep moving right along, guys. On to Yankees news we go. And as I said in the intro to the show... I got some updates for you. (laughs) We got some injured list updates, which goes hand in hand with some of the final roster moves they made before the start of the season, along with some timetables for return for some key injured Yankees here early on in the season. So let us discuss. Now, all of this news basically came out on Monday and then on Wednesday, the day before opening day. The first pieces of news were guys that were on the roster still at the end of spring training, like Ahulis Chassin, for instance, and there were also guys who were already released that we spoke about at the very end of last week's episode, like Robinson Chirinos and Derek Dietrich. And those were really the first pieces of news that came out on Monday, which was the final day of spring training. Lots of news. So on that last day of spring training, first off, Hulis Chassin was released, and therefore granted an opportunity to find a job elsewhere, so... Of course, to Chassin, best of luck to him. I didn't really see him making the team to begin with, and if he did, I didn't really see him having a big role with them anyway, so not really a surprise at all, but nonetheless, wherever he is to land and whoever gives him a job, I wish Chassin the best of luck. And then after that, it was announced that Chirinos and Dietrich had returned after being released. We mentioned that at the end of last week's episode, remember, that they were released. That was amongst some of the final roster moves they were making towards the end of spring training, and I mentioned that at the very end of last week's episode. Both of them had been released, and like Chassin now does, both obviously had the option to go elsewhere. But a quick Yankees reunion happened instead. So Chirinos, since he still has that fractured wrist, of course, he will recover and rehab with the Yankees until he's set to return, And when he does, he'll continue to provide catching depth as he did prior to his injury when he's set to go. And Dietrich, the one who I really liked as a great depth piece, will be at the alternate site. 
for whenever the Yanks need him, and I love it. I'm so glad Dietrich is back. And the Yanks brought him back on another minor league deal, so... I mean, if he had any other options from another team, he would obviously have gone with that, I imagine, if he had any better options. But he's also expressed how much he loves it here. So, it's great to hear that, and he evidently loves to be here, so... Even if nobody else had been offering him a job, then it still sounds like he's at least somewhat telling the truth about how much he loves to be here if he took another minor league deal. But, I mean... You guys know how much of a great depth piece I think he is, despite him not having a great spring, but I don't care much about that. His numbers throughout his career speak for themselves. It describes him as a solid lefty bat with some pop who's versatile defensively, which, to me, makes him a fine depth option. So, I'm thrilled he's back, and I hope he sticks around for as long as the Yankees might need him. And as far as Chirinos, like I said before, despite him still having that fractured wrist injury... I expect him to still be a solid catching depth piece as maybe a third-string catcher, just as he was before his injury, after he recovers and rehabs and all that good stuff. But Brian Cashman also confirmed a few more things in a Zoom presser that day. He discussed some injury timetables for return for some key Yankees who were injured. And on that Monday night, he did say that Luke Voigt was to have surgery that night, and he did. And it still seems, like we said last week, he'll be back at some point in May. Three weeks or so without baseball activity. So, I mean, I originally predicted mid-May, give or take, and I'll stick to that. So, again, it was just best to get that surgery over with, and he's not going to be missing much time at all. And it's just at the very beginning of the season, and that's it. Hopefully. And if it is, that's exactly what you want. And a little side note, it was really, really sad seeing him walk out on opening day with a crutch underneath his right arm, helping him walk when they were doing player introductions. That was just a new level of sadness. <laughs> but again, he shouldn't be out for very long, and if that's the only health problem he has this year, then that's great. Roster-wise, Luke has been placed on the 10-day IL retroactive to Monday. So that's give or take his timetable for return and the roster move that went along with it. And actually on the subject of getting surgeries done at the start... We obviously already know that Zach Britton had his surgery some time ago, and Cashman reiterated that his return time should still be set for late May, or maybe a bit into June, which was basically the speculated return time around the time he got his surgery. So that's when he should be ready to go, and I obviously say should because that's barring setbacks or anything like that. Roster-wise for him, he's been placed on the 60-day IL. But also speaking of relievers, <laughs> my transitions just flow like water, huh? <laughs> uh, but Cashman also did have an announcement on Justin Wilson and his status for opening day, and he did announce at the time that, although it shouldn't be for long, of course, only until next weekend's series on the road against the Rays, according to Aaron Boone when he spoke about Wilson, but Cashman's announcement was that Wilson would begin the season on the 10-day IL, also retroactive to March 29th, like Voight. Which we obviously now know that him beginning the season on the IL is true. So, not too much of a surprise with Wilson. I mean, there's no real injury with him, but because he felt that shoulder tightness, there's no need to rush him. If he needs to miss the first week, or the Yankees want to give him that first week just to ensure that he's loose and good to go, then fine, whatever. Just build him up well so that he can be effective and hopefully not have any issues in the future. And considering Wilson himself has said that he's feeling fine now, then it should all be good. Hopefully. <laughs> but the Yanks then, with him going on the IL, obviously needed to fill his roster spot. And it makes me happy to say 
that that man is someone that I and lots of other people were constantly saying to look out for because of how fantastic of a spring he had, and I'm glad that he's now getting a chance at least for the time being, and his name is Lucas Litke. That was made official on Wednesday that they've officially signed him to a major league contract and added him to the 40-man roster. Now, I don't have to go over again how great of a spring the guy had. I'd spoken about his performances all throughout spring training. And again, the guy hasn't pitched in the majors since 2015, as a lot of us know. And now, from not pitching in the majors for over a half a decade, he's getting a shot in Justin Wilson's absence with the big league squad. And if he picks up where he left off in spring training, it should be awesome. So I'm really, really happy for him. This could turn out to be a really, really awesome story. And I definitely think he earned it. And evidently, so did the Yanks. So Aaron Boone confirmed that on Wednesday. And as I already said earlier, also said that the team is hoping Justin Wilson returns by next weekend's series against the Rays. And one last note too here in Yankees news. Obviously, we remember that Andujar has been injured for maybe like three weeks now, give or take with that hand and wrist pain that he'd been feeling for a while back in winter ball, but played through it, then it got much worse come spring training. We spoke all about how he'd actually felt that prior, not going to go over all that again. But the Yanks now announced that as of Wednesday, he was placed on the 10-day injured list, also retroactive to Monday the 29th. So with all that being said, the Yankees' official finalized 26-man roster heading into opening day after the Litke announcement and the injured list placements was that they'd be carrying 13 pitchers, those pitchers being the starting five in Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyone, Jordan Montgomery, and Domingo Herman. You got the two catchers in Gary Sanchez and Kyle Higashioka. You got Jay Bruce at first. And it's actually Jay Bruce's birthday today here on Saturday, April 3rd, so happy birthday to Jay. You got DJ at second, Geo at third, Glaber at short. Then you have your five outfielders, Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge, Brett Gardner, and Mike Talkman. You got your DH, Giancarlo Stanton. You got Tyler Wade. And then finally, you got your eight relievers in Chapman, Chad Green, Darren O'Day, Luis Sessa, Luizica, Michael King, Nick Nelson, and Lucas Litke. So that was the official final opening day 26-man roster. And speaking of opening day, guys... It is time to talk about it, so let's move on to weekly recap. And obviously, as I said before, outside of the final two spring training games that we didn't get to talk about last week because I taped last Saturday, and the final two games were on Saturday and Sunday, outside of those two games, the only other game that happened this week so far was opening day on Thursday. So that's basically all we have to recap this week, really. So I will be talking a lot more in depth about opening day since it's the only game we have to talk about because today's game is actually only just getting underway in about maybe 10 minutes or so. Uh, really quick, in case any of you care, I know nobody really does, but just for the sake of saying it since we didn't cover it last week, because the regular season started, nobody cares to go in depth on spring training discussion, so I'll just give the final score from the final two games on Sunday and Monday. On Sunday, the Yankees lost to the Phillies 6-2, to and then on Monday, they lost to the Tigers 5-2, to and that would round out spring training. Tuesday and Wednesday were off days, of course, and then, as I said earlier, so was Friday. So we've got opening day on Thursday, which, obviously, as we know, is the first game in the return of our beloved 162-game schedule for the 2021 season. The fans were back for the first time since 2019, 
just under 11,000 people at 20% capacity in attendance, the whole nine yards. And I gotta say, the energy in the stadium was fantastic all throughout the game. The near 11,000 people in attendance, I gotta give you guys credit, you all get an A-plus for all the noise you made. A-plus all the way. Great freaking job. You guys made just under 11,000 sound like 40,000. So awesome job by everybody. Except for that one guy, actually. And I tweeted about this the second after it happened because I couldn't believe what I just saw. But everybody gets an A+, except for that one guy that tried to claw the ball out of Judge's hand like a rabid jackal. That guy can get lost. But the rest of you, great freaking job. <laughs> Lots of people who I know on Twitter were in attendance, and you were just all terrific. You were great. Now, as far as the game, obviously, not the result we wanted. Just like most of the opening days from the last bunch of years, as I said earlier. Been a big habit of the Yankees to lose on opening day, so they lost 3-2. But there were lots of good aspects of the game amongst the aggravating aspects. But let's talk about the good aspects first. Garrett Cole started the game, of course, the Yankees' ace. And while it wasn't a godly start, it was still really solid. Five and a third, definitely ran out of gas a bit there at the end in the middle of the sixth inning before Green came in for him and got a double play on the first pitch he threw, <laughs> but Garrett looked solid. He really did. He looked fine. Great in the first inning. He ran into some trouble giving up a few hits and one of his two runs that he gave up in the second. He was great in the third, fourth, and fifth innings. Then in the sixth, again, ran out of gas and gave up a game-tying absolute nuke to Teoscar Hernandez, but overall, a solid start. Five and a third, just those two runs, eight strikeouts, and good lord was he racking up those strikeouts when he actually settled in, but his stuff was still solid. He would obviously get a no decision as we know, but still, again, a good start for Garrett. A truly good start. Not bad by any stretch, but also not, like, blow me away fantastic, for lack of a better term. <laughs> but still just a very nice start. Now, another good aspect of the game, and I would actually consider this a great aspect, was the bullpen afterwards. Starting with what I said before about Chad Green getting a double play one pitch into his outing. <laughs> Honestly, the bullpen was amazing. From Green to Luizica to O'Day, and even to Nick Nelson, who just fell victim to one of the worst rule changes in sports history after giving up that double. And he still came back to strike out three in a row after that. And obviously that runner that was put out there on second to start the 10th that would end up scoring on that double was not an earned run for him. So pitching overall, really good especially the bullpen. They really held the game down and kept the Yankees in it, kept the game neck and neck all throughout. Now, another good aspect, Gary Sanchez. An absolutely fantastic opening day for him. From his two-run bomb to getting a hit and a walk on top of it, absolutely gunning a runner down trying to steal second with a cannon of a throw. Just a great day for Gary. Hats off to him. I love that. And I hope that this is just the beginning of the results of all the hard work he put in throughout the offseason that I spoke about ad nauseum on this show. But again, an amazing and necessary start for Gary on opening day. So those were the good aspects, if I had to say. Now, the bad. And the bad was more or less anybody in the lineup not named Gary Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to make it really easy for you, and I bet that wasn't what you were going to be hearing going into opening day, but here we are. And yeah, DJ had a hit robbed from him on a beautiful play by Semyon, and yeah, Clint put together some good at-bats, got a couple of hits. 
Although it seemed like he was running slower than ever, kind of strange there. Not sure if anyone else felt that way. Just something I noticed. And yeah, Glaber and Judge each got hits, but not when it counted. And that was the story of the game, not when it counted. <laughs> Which, as we know, has also been the general story of this team in lots of instances for a lot of years now. As a lot of people in the replies were saying, big guys in big situations just not getting the job done. And that happened more times than I care to count. And even though that ridiculous runner on second rule ultimately did them in in the 10th, it was really the lack of hitting with runners in scoring position that truly did them in, yet again. That was the real reason. Situational hitting, and that's just the truth. Especially in the ninth inning, and even the 10th, when guys like Hicks, in extra innings, just didn't even feel like getting the bat off his shoulders once. So, yeah, bad things? I'd say the runner on second and extra innings rule, made even more annoying by having to see it right away on opening day, and you guys know, I've already gone nuts about it plenty in the past, I just don't feel like spending 20 minutes right now on how it's not going to grow the game's popularity, and the league being oblivious to the true issues, because if we spend even another minute on that, I'm going to jump off the roof. Either that or throw this microphone out the window, I just haven't decided yet. But regardless of how much I can't stand that rule, and the fact that it was what ultimately did the Yankees in, if we're being honest, the far bigger issue was situational hitting. And again, it's been the story of our lives with this team for years. If you want some numbers, there were 10 runners left on base on opening day, 13 strikeouts, 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position, and a chunk of those numbers just came from the top of the order, even into the middle of the order actually, 1 through 6 to be exact. 12 strikeouts between the 1 through 6 hitters, 2 for 26, you get it. Just not good. Gross. And I know, it's only opening day, I'm just talking more in-depth about this game because as I said earlier, this is really the only game to recap from this past week. And because, well, it's opening day. <laughs> so, let's talk about some of those scoring plays. Like I said before, the only two runs by the Yanks were by Gary with his two-run bomb, and honestly, he was really the only one that wasn't totally lost against Ryu and his off-speed stuff and breaking pitches. And, you know what? Wasn't totally lost against everybody else who pitched for the Blue Jays, too. Especially Merriweather in the 10th, my God. Or, should I say, my Merriweather, since the Yankees made him look like God. I mean, really. But anyway, basically everyone else outside of Gary, again, horrible swings. All day. Especially Geo. And you guys know I love Geo, but yikes. <laughs> Had to call that out. You guys know I call it like I see it, just ugly swings. The Jays scored in the second, the one run off Garrett, then Teoscar hit that bomb in the sixth, and then they scored their winning third run in the top of the tenth on a double by Yankee killer Randall Grichuk, who I still can't stand. <laughs> again, thanks to the runner on second rule. But again, make no mistake, yeah, that rule is god-awful, stupid, nonsensical, insert negative description here, and I put up with that and everything else they enforced last year, because obviously last year was what it was, so I put up with it. So even though I didn't like any of those changes last year except for the Universal DH, I dealt with it. I mean, what choice did we have? <laughs> and what choice do we still have? But I was much more understanding of it all last year. But the runner on second and extra innings rule did have a role in the Yankees' loss on Thursday. Ultimately, it did. So I'm not going to pretend like it didn't. But... 
it did not have as much of a role as all the blown opportunities. But, again, it was just opening day, and as I said earlier, the Yanks lose on opening day frequently. I said it before, it's almost gotten to the point of death, taxes, and Yankees losing on opening day. And yet, they still always go on to have great seasons, we know this. And I'm sure that'll still be the same deal this year. I'm confident in that much. They're still going to go on to have a great regular season. So, I obviously wasn't in absolute despair over the first game of the season, both because of that and it just being opening day because there are 161 games to go, but (laughs) it was an annoying loss nonetheless. It really was. Particularly, again, with lots of the same problems we've seen for years now rearing their ugly heads again right away in the first game. After all the months we've waited for regular season baseball to return, and that's what made it annoying. So, I was feeling bummed out, naturally, but I wasn't destroyed by any stretch of the imagination. I spoke about the things that I saw that I didn't like, like the runners in scoring position struggles, like I am here on the show, but I wasn't distraught, I wasn't destroyed, and it's possible to be that way. Still talk about things that you just didn't like that you saw, but not overreact at the same time. So I was feeling bummed out, as typical for any regular season Yankee loss, especially the even more frustrating ones. It is crazy how the results of a single Yankee game can alter my mood, though. That's how much they mean to me. (laughs) But nonetheless, again, you cannot be blowing countless opportunities like that. Again, that was hands down the true reason they lost. And in stupid ways, too. That's what made it even more irritating, like Talkman running home on a routine ground at a third when he was on third, when you learn as a child playing the game that you don't run home on a ground ball to the left side of the infield when you're on third. And I know he was running on contact, but the play was so routine for Biggio. I just don't agree with that decision. Or how about in other ways? Judges double play with the bases loaded and one out after taking a meatball down the middle prior. He had a bad day in big spots, even in the ninth with that big strikeout after Talkman was thrown out at home on DJ's grounder. And I know how hard Judge hit the ball to third, but it was still a double play. And you all know out there, I love Judge as much as the next guy, but he didn't come through on opening day, he just didn't. Or how about the one I mentioned before, Aaron Hicks not taking the bat off his shoulders even once in the 10th with that runner on second, looking at three straight strikes, and on and on... And on the examples go. You get the point. Can't be blowing chances like that. And again, the main reason, even though that runner on second and extra innings rule is to partially blame, the reason it's far less to blame than situational hitting is because if the Yankees cash in there in any of those chances before extra innings, then you don't even have to deal with the extra inning rule because they wouldn't have gone to extra innings. (sighs) So again... While I didn't go nuts over this loss, obviously, it was an annoying one, and I still wanted to talk about the things that went wrong, and nearly all of it was on offense, and then with the little rest of the amount of the blame going to the extra inning rule. (laughs) And it's a shame for the pitching, because as I said earlier, the pitching was great. Cole was solid. Green was great. Loisica was great. O'Day was terrific, even after Glaber's defensive mistake. And by the way, Glaber, let's make that one the only one. Let's not make my advocating for you look horrible, all right? But anyway, O'Day, filthy stuff. Still so glad to have him. And Nelson, again, fantastic. 
It's not his problem that the league and players association signed off on the runner on second rule, am I right? Again, the run he gave up on that double wasn't even earned in that inning, but even after that, again, he struck out the next three in a row. So my original point being, it's a shame for the pitching that the bats had to go dead silent in big spots, but that's the deal with opening day, guys, and with that, that's also the deal for this week's recap. Hopefully they turn it around in today's game here on Saturday, which is, by the way, just getting underway. They got Corey Kluber throwing his warm-up pitches. God, I can't wait to see how he does today. I'm so excited. I'm taking this head of the Corey Kluber fan club thing very seriously this year, guys. I really, really am. But as far as the rest of the week, I'll talk about what's ahead for the next week before we end the show today. And then I guess I'll be reacting to this top of the first before I end the recording for today because the top of the first is going to start here before I wrap up the recording. I got my TV on mute right next to me. But anyway, as far as the rest of the week, until I return to recording on Sundays again starting next weekend, tomorrow, Easter Sunday, which is when you're getting this episode, obviously, they wrap up this three-game opening weekend set against the Blue Jays at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully the Yankees can make that a rubber game matchup with a win today. Herman will make his first regular season start since he got suspended after having a great spring, so this will be his first time on a mound. Major League Mound for the Yankees since 2019 when he was suspended. And I know some of you are probably confused saying, well, Mike, I thought Jameson Tyone was a number three starter. Well, remember at the end of last week's episode when I mentioned the possibility of the Yankees maybe messing around with the rotation a little bit with the off day on Friday and just the off days I have in general in the beginning of the schedule because that wouldn't even be the first time they did that? Well, that's actually what they ended up doing. So instead of Tyone getting the start on the third game of the season, it'll be Herman, and they push Tyone back a bit. So that's why Herman is starting in game three tomorrow on Easter, which is today for you guys because that's when you're getting this episode. But anyway, Herman will be getting that start tomorrow on Easter Sunday at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. It's pretty nice that I was actually right about them possibly messing with the rotation there, but also not very surprising. That wouldn't be the absolute first time they've done that. And then as they continue on, that could change, obviously. Ah, damn. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just watching the game right now. In the first inning, Clint just missed the fly ball out and left. Ah, he might have lost that one in the sun, maybe, I don't know. But he just missed a fly ball. And it was just in between Glaber running out, him coming in, Hicks coming in from center, and Frazier dove for it, and he just missed it. Ah, it was probably the sun. I hope Kluber can get out of this now. That would have been a big out. Anyway, then on Monday, they open a three-game set against the O's at Yankee Stadium as well. Monday's game is at 6.35 p.m. Eastern with Monty getting the start. Tuesday's game will be at the same time with the rotation circling back around to Cole. So as I said, that's why Tyone did not get a start for the first time, but that's because he's being pushed back, as I said earlier. Just giving him some additional rest and switching things around because of the days off. So again, it's going to be Cole instead of him on the fifth day of the season. Wednesday's game is also at 6.35, and that game will have Tyone starting for the first time in a Yankee uniform. Looking extremely forward to that, too. Oh, wait, wait. Ooh, nice play by Gio! Second! First, got him! Yes! Oh, <laughs> they just got a double play on Bo Bichette. Oh, God, I love that. Awesome job by Kluber. Big double play. Come on, get out of this, you stud. <laughs> okay, anyway, back to the future games. Just excuse the live reactions, guys. <laughs> On Thursday, they're off. And then Friday, they begin their first road series of the season. 
As they head to the House of Horrors next weekend, Tropicana Field, <laughs> Friday's game will be against the Rays at 3.10 p.m. Eastern. That's a weird start time. And then Saturday's game against them will be at 1.10 p.m. Eastern, and so will next Sunday's game when I talk to you next. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 90 of Yapping Yankees. I gotta tell you, today's episode really flew. My god. But let's give one last shout-out to Ball9, of course, and Grunt Talks MLB. Ball9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, featured baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and so much more. Visit the website ball9.com and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And know what you don't know. And also, because they're still helping to get the word out about the show on social media, be sure to check out Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their great baseball content, and follow them on all social medias at grunttalksmlb. And follow me, of course, on all social medias, guys, so you can keep up on the latest, having to do with me, the Yankees, and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And don't forget to also subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on the other three platforms it's available on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're at it, especially if you're sitting around the table with your family on Easter and you want something good to listen to, why don't you listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed? Episodes 34 up to episode 90 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And Kluber just got out of the top of the first jam. That's my boy. (laughs) Struck out Teoscar Hernandez to end the inning on a beautiful slider. My God, if he's got that slider going today, it's going to be a good one. I love it. But once again... Thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, April 11th, when I come at you with episode 91 of Yapping Yankees. Episode 100 just keeps on getting closer. But until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, have a happy Easter, and enjoy the first full week of 2021 regular season baseball, my friends. Take care.